Well, that sucked. All right, well, welcome to this episode of the Texas Tech edition of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jackson Moody. It was a absolutely miserable Saturday for Texas Tech as our offense fell asleep for three quarters in Morgantown. I think Zach Kitley may have had a nap there in the first, second, third, and maybe even the fourth quarter as well as Texas Tech falls to West Virginia 20 to 13. We're going to do a quick recap of the game, point out some key moments, and talk about what needs to be fixed, which may mean this could go on for a while because there is a whole lot, especially offensively, that needs to be fixed. We'll also talk about the QB situation. Are we screwed if Baron Morden goes down now? Yeah, there's a good chance. Um, and ooh, is this team even going to make a bowl game? And what to look for against Houston next week? So before we get started, if you could go ahead and give us a five-star review, Um, that helps us out a lot with growing the podcast and the network. But diving into the game, and we're just going to dive into really what went right, what went wrong for Tech. I think that's the best way to look ahead to next week, what we need to fix. So the first offensive drive, you actually had a really good chance on third and seven. Jordan Brown got wide open, could have been a touchdown. Tyler Shuck underthrows him a bit. Get the ball back. Malik Dunlap, his third pick in two weeks. Can't move the ball at all. You get a field goal. Gino Garcia was solid. He made the two kicks he needed to in this game. I think kicking-wise, at least going forward, you have that squared away, or you should feel confident about it. But West Virginia comes down, scores. Donaldson gets in nearly untouched. It was a slow, grinded-out drive, kind of like the drives we saw against Wyoming their quarterback actually had to run a good amount in this game which was a bit surprising because Garrett Green's the running quarterback and this guy was supposed to be the pocket quarterback but he actually got some huge run plays to keep the game alive for West Virginia and then second down next drive Tyler Shuck gets injured on a QB scramble and stays in the game and at the time you could tell something was not right With him, you could tell he was injured. And then the next play, it looks like maybe it gets hit again, but I I think he was already injured before that. But, man, broken fibula. And regardless on anybody's thoughts on whether they wanted Tyler Shuck to start or not, and I would be in the camp that I didn't want him as a starter after the first couple games, that is just absolutely a brutal career. I mean, he comes to Texas Tech. It's injured in the fourth game, out for the season, comes back injured in the first game, plays the last five. So he's played a total of just 10 games coming into this. Two of them ended due to injury. And then, or sorry, he started nine games coming into this, two of them ending due to injury. And then fourth game of the season, fourth star of this season, third year here. 13th game and it's his third time leaving with a major injury which you just have to feel feel for the guy no matter where you stand on who should start but after that you trade three and outs Baron Morden there were so many times in that first half that if you go to one of those cut highlights you're watching it and you, you have a third and 11 third and 20 something like that you're just always behind the sticks in the first half and you know why because we ran the ball three times with our running back in the first half which makes absolutely 
no sense. But you had some you had some receiver issues too. Fungi had a contested drop at the sticks on third down and you had to punt. I will say before that, we stopped them on the short pass to force a fourth and one. We absolutely stuffed them. But the ref and the crew chief is saying to roll the clock after we stuff them on a fourth and one. And it's obvious that he was short. So the line to gain was slightly past the four, 44. Both officials come in inside the 44. And then they still spot it ahead of that. They get the first down by an inch. It leads to a field goal. The defense, after they nearly forced a fumble with the tight end on that drive, defense did a good job after getting screwed to still only only hold them to three. And then, of course, we get the ball back. We're at midfield. I do not get this play. And this is one of many play calls. I already said I don't get why we only ran it with Taj Brooks three times in the first half. But Baron Morton is rolling out to his left and trying to force it to Mason Tharp. Why, why on fourth and short, fourth and six, are we having our quarterback roll out to his left? Why are we having our right-handed quarterback roll out to his left? That makes no sense. And there were two guys there. There wasn't even spacing. I don't know if that's horrible execution or horrible play calling, but one one of those two things was horrible because none of that makes any sense. Then, of course, West Virginia gets a field goal after uh, uh, Braylon Lux pass interference, and it's 13-3 at half. And we'll come back to that Mason Tharp one because that one could have been P.I., and I'm specifically talking about the Bakersville penalty, the Bakersville pass interference on third down later in the game. That that could have easily been P.I. on West Virginia. But second half, you get to midfield on a wide receiver screen. You do nothing the next two plays. And then this is an issue that's going to keep coming up. Monroe Mills at left tackle. Two to three guys run past him. He doesn't touch anyone on the play. You watch that playback. This guy doesn't touch anyone. He doesn't touch a soul. How are you the left tackle? I miss Caleb Rogers as the left tackle right now. It, we thought it couldn't get worse than it, it was at the beginning of last year. It's gotten worse. Somehow, it has gotten worse with our O-line play. It, it's beyond me how that keeps happening. I mean, Stephen Hamby, he did a good job turning the O-line around a bit last year. Man, he has a lot of work to do this year because this, this is terrible. This O-line is arguably worse than last season's. And I don't get this. The next possession, we go with a zone read to Baron Morton. We ran the ball a lot with Baron Morton when the only guy behind him is a true freshman named Jake Strong. And maybe tr- Jake Strong's going to be a great quarterback, but he's also a true freshman your starting quarterback just went down injured. Why are we running the ball with our quarterback? Because we do a zone read. We get stopped short. Barron was honestly probably closer than West Virginia's quarterback was when they gave it to him. But he was definitely short. And then, of course, West Virginia's moving the ball. You get bailed out by a false start on fourth and inches. Koi Aiken, who we heard a lot about, and he had one good catch in this game. 
But he had a really good chance at the start of the fourth quarter at the sticks. I believe it was first down. May have been second. Where it's contested. It's kind of like fungies, but he's kind of being pressured from behind. It's still a catch you have to make. And it's at the sticks. Our drive nearly stalls out. We have a huge fourth and nine play to Dre McRae, which I will say, both of our transfer wide receivers have looked really good this season. Dre McRae, and it's been in spurts. Jordan Brown obviously had that big game against Tarleton, but he also had that huge catch against Wyoming. Both of them have made some pretty big plays. I don't think Dre McRae has been quite as good as we expected him to be, but I don't think he's been bad by any stretch of the imagination. He's not our biggest issue wide receiver-wise. And then Taj Brooks gets you inside the 10. He has about a 25-yard run. That was the first time you got into the red zone in this game. With 12.31 to go in the game, you got into the red zone for the first time. You went 47 minutes and 29 seconds of game time without sniffing the red zone. And then a really nice throw from from Baron Morton to Jerram Bradley for the touchdown. Nice catch by Bradley. There was some hand checking. I was honestly, they threw the flag on that play. I was freaking out that it was against us. And I just thought there's no way we're <laughs> we're getting six here if this is against us. We we cannot go 20 yards in two or three plays here. But you're right back in the game there. It's 13 to 10. And West Virginia somehow comes alive. And this is the play I referenced earlier. You have them on a third down. Their quarterback underthrows the ball by a significant margin. Bakersville just doesn't look back and runs into him, which I get it's P.I. I hate that that's P.I. Like, if it's a bad throw, I, I don't think you should be punishing the defense. And I know that used to be you have to turn around with the DBs, but they don't enforce that at all anymore. It's more face guarding that the corners play now. I I just hate when an underthrown ball leads leads to pass interference. Even watching as a neutral. Now I love it when Tech gets it for them, but as a neutral, I, that is just one play. I I hate I hate that play. And then obviously they find their tight end Taylor for the touchdown, who's still having a career year in game number four. Already passed the. Already more than doubled the amount of yards he's had in his previous season high in his fourth year of college football. And then the end of game sequence, or our next to last offensive drive, you convert a really good ball by Baron Morton. You got to give him a lot of credit for this ball. Him and Bradley, two huge plays between the two of them in the fourth quarter. It's third and 10. You're on the left hash. He throws it all the way to the right side of the field to get you into the red zone. Bradley gets tripped up as Morton targets him on third down. You get a field goal. And you're back in the game. You're still down 7, 20 to 13. Time's running out. And Neil Brown. Neil Brown does his best job, makes his best attempt to get fired by throwing the ball twice. I can't believe that he threw the ball before third down on this drive. You have a quarterback who's not that comfortable your run game hasn't been great, but you still have C.J. Donaldson back there. And Neil Brown decides to throw the ball and give Tech some life. And now, you get a nice, when you get the ball back, you get a nice conversion on 4th and 1 with Taj Brooks. 
And then another great catch by Jordan Brown right on the sideline. Pretty good ball in there. Probably the only place that you could put it. And Brown, you can say it's a great ball or a good ball. That was a spectacular catch. He is, he as he catches it, his foot's coming up and he leaves it just long enough to get it inbounds. Then you, Taj Brooks, or sorry, um, you're there, you're at the 22, three timeouts, 137 to go. You run it with Brooks to the 17. You get into a third and two. And this play call may be the worst play call I have ever seen in my life. It is, okay, that's an exaggeration. But it, but not by much. And that's the crazy thing. You go with an empty set. Four on the right, one on the left. Your guy on the left is your backup running back who's like 5'9", 5'10", Nehemiah Martinez. Who, yes, I know was a, a receiver last year, but he was a slot receiver. You line him up on the left side alone and target him on a fade route. I, I don't know what the thought is. I guess the thought is you're going to eliminate the safety that's on that side over the top. But it's still a 5'9", 5'10", wide receiver or running back lined up on the left side that you're trusting to catch a fade. And at first, I thought about it, and I thought about it, and I was thinking, maybe it was a wheel route. Maybe I missed all. Maybe it was a wheel route. Nope. It was just a straight-up fade to Nehemiah Martinez. And then after that, you get the first down with Taj Brooks. He gets you to the 11. It did not need to be that close, but he gets out of bounds. Clock stops. You have 38 seconds and two timeouts. The passing game has not been working for you. So what do we do? We try to throw the ball. Brown's covered in the left corner on first down. Safety closes quickly on Mason Tharp on that same left corner of the end zone on second down. There's 28 seconds, and you still have both timeouts. Why we didn't run the ball at least one of those two plays, I will never understand. Why are we just going to take four shots into the end zone from the 11 instead of trying to pick up five yards? Give us three shots from the six. You'd still have another timeout. You'd still have plenty of time. And if you want to take a shot on second down, you can take that shot on second down, and that's all good and well. But you don't need to on first down. And if you do it on first, you don't need to on second. You could have caught them. If you get a decent enough run on first, you can catch them off guard with a run on third down and still have a timeout in your back pocket and then you're burning that and you're not worried that you have to save one in, in case you get sacked or something like that. But there's 28 seconds, Jaden York, and some people will think this is a high throw. This was not. When you watch from the back angle, Baron Morden had to get the ball over the middle linebacker. And he did, but Jaden York mistimed his jump by a step. He was already on the ground. Fourth down, Barron's hit as he throws, game over. So what went right for Tech today? Defensively, I thought a lot went pretty well for them. Rushing-wise, Mary Cole, he had 15 carries for 72 yards, including the sack, so that skews it a a bit. But you held C.J. Donaldson to 48 yards on 15 carries, and he's one of the best runners in the Big 12. That 
that is a really good sign on your defensive front. Ben Roberts got a pick. Malik Dunlap got a pick. You got two interceptions today. You held their quarterback to 78 yards passing. There's not much more that you can say about this de- about our defense. I thought our defense looked really good. They got put in some tough positions that led to a field goal that they got screwed on another field goal. Really, you know, if you don't go forward on fourth there, you don't go you don't get the call going against you on fourth down. You hold this team to 14 points, which is a really good achievement. But offensively, we were horrible. And Bear Morton was not great by any means. Now, I think he'll look better with a full week of practice with the ones. But Barron was 13 of 37, 158 yards, one touchdown, no interception. So he didn't turn it over at all. He did was trying to throw the ball away and nearly turned it over. Looked like it was going to be a spectacular interception that we got lucky on. But receiving, and Tyler Shuck, when he was in the game, two of six for three yards, and neither of them had any time back there. Neither of them had any time. And you could tell in the first half that they knew that we were just going to throw the ball, and they were teeing up on that from the start. No wide receivers for Tech had more than three receptions. Nobody got over 45 yards. That was Xavier White, three catches for 45 yards. Now, some of them made some plays. You did complete passes to eight different receivers and tight ends today. But that's just not going to cut it. This is not going to cut it. And you had to drop by Fungi. You had to drop by Aiken. There's just nothing that you can say. There's really no positive spin on our passing game or the play calling from this one. The only bright spot of this game was Taj Brooks. I mean, he averaged 6 yards a carry, 25 carries, 149 yards. You can't complain about his performance in the run game. Why we only ran him 3 times in the first half makes no sense. I I I'm at a loss for what the heck we're thinking when we're not getting anything going. Our offensive line can't pass protect. And we have a running back that can average five, six, seven yards a carry for you any given game. And you're giving him three carries in the first half. And you're backed up against the sticks too. And you can look at Shuck and Morton from this game. And and it's a smaller sample size on Shuck. But they're getting pinned in tough third downs. If you put these guys in third and... If you give these guys second and five every drive... It's going to be a lot easier than if you're giving them 2nd and 10. Then 3rd and 15. 3rd and 20. Like we saw over and over in that first half against West Virginia. And for the love of God, somebody, somebody. Joey McGuire needs to put Zach Hitley on a quota. You have to call at least 7 run plays a half. At least 7 run plays in the first half. And don't try to run it with the quarterback. I swear to God. Because... Baron Morton was grabbing at his shoulder. Behind him, we have a true freshman named Jake Strong, who may be a really good quarterback. Maybe. But he's a true freshman. If we run the... And we, immediately after Baron Morton was grabbing his shoulder, ran the ball with Baron Morton. Which, for the love of God, makes no sense. None whatsoever. 
Why? Do we want to start Will Burns? Do we want to start Jake Strong? Because I'll tell you what, if we keep running the ball with our quarterbacks like this, if we just keep designing runs, and I know Shuck got hurt on a scramble, and that's a part of the game, but you don't need to be running the ball all the time. If we run the ball once with Baron Morton against Houston this week, assuming he's starting, I'm going to lose my mind because we are going to go from talking about whether Shuck or Morton's going to start or whether Will Burns or Jake Strong is going to start. And that's not a conversation that we want to get anywhere near at this point. It, it's baffling to me. And I know there, Joey McGuire came out and said Barron's going to be ready to go for Houston. That's That should be great. Um, I know there were a lot of rumors... Before Barrymore, before he came out and said that, that had a lot of people on edge. And I think there was some concern about whether Barrymore would be healthy for this coming week. Because it did look like he was grabbing at his throwing shoulder. And I don't think that concern was just outside noise. I think there was some concern inside the football program as well. As to whether Barrymore could even go this week. But what's the expectations for Texas Tech now? Where are we now? Because Wyoming was a fluke. You can say that. You can say Oregon was a better team and you played them pretty well. And by the way, they played Colorado this past week. I will say, the only good thing for me about this weekend, other than the Texans somehow winning a game, you know, I work in Boulder, and it's just nice to see a team that we play close blow out CU because now I can stop hearing about how C, how great CU is for a bit and that they're better than Tech. Uh, so that is nice. Although right now just about everybody's better than us because this one, you were outfought in this game. Offensively, in the trenches, wide receivers, you were outfought. And I'm going to give Taj Brooks a pass. He, him and Gino Garcia and Austin McNamara are the only three guys that can score points, that, that get a pass in this one. Uh, McNamara can't score points. But I thought the defense played well. Offensively, you were just out tough, out fought, and it's the same thing that happened in Laramie. It's the same thing that we did to teams last year, and we're having it done to us now. Now, looking ahead, you have a couple winnable games. You have Houston this week. Donovan Smith hasn't looked great there. Their offense hasn't looked great, although I will say... Their offense did put up points this past week against Sam Houston State. And you could say, well, that's Sam Houston State. And, yeah, it is, so, to be fair. But they did put up over 30 points on a Sam Houston State team that held BYU to 14 and held Air Force to 13. So this is not, I don't think this is a team that's really any good, Houston. But they're not, they're not a ter. they're not terrible I think maybe you have some questions about them defensively because they did allow Sam Houston State to score their first touchdown of the season after two games. They were actually down 7-3 to three in this one. But they did put up 38 points. Going off the box score, you can see Donovan Smith did, did really well for them, which right now, man, you're missing him in your QB room. 31 of 40, 296 yards, a touchdown. Uh... Parker Jenkins had a good day carrying the ball for them. 20 carries, 105 yards. Matthew Golden, just names to watch for next week. 
He had nine receptions for 92 yards. He had a long of 34. It, you, They had four receivers over 50 yards last week. You had zero. This has all of a sudden become a very concerning game. Coming into the season, the Houston one at home, you thought, write it off, that's a win. Now, I just don't know because I don't know if our offense can find anything. And now we are a better team at home. And that is the good news coming into this week because it's at home. But, man, we don't have enough home games left to even make a bowl game. I, I mean, honestly, we're, we're going to have to win three of our last four home games and steal two on the road. And there is a lot of opportunity left for this team. They have Houston, and then they go to Waco and play Baylor, who look terrible and look like they have less fight than you, which is saying something right now. But you need to win these next two. These next two are must-wins, or else I think that you can go ahead and kiss a bowl game just about goodbye because you still have to go to BYU. You still have K-State, TCU, UCF coming into town. Neither of them have looked bad. Chandler Morris is getting better day by day. And you still have to go to Lawrence and you still have to go to Austin. It is going to be tough, tough sledding for this team to even make a bowl game, which is shocking considering that this was a team that was supposed to compete for the Big 12 title. But win on Houston and we get to be a lot happier this time next week and look forward to hopefully getting back to 500 against Baylor, which, by the way, I cannot believe that's a night game. I, Whatever person at Fox decided to make that their night game on FS1 with how these two teams have looked, and Baylor, don't get me wrong, has looked a lot worse than you. Whoever decided to put that on, on FS1 in prime time over at Fox, I'm sorry, that person should definitely be fired. But that's going to do it for this one. A very disappointing episode. A lot to fix. The wide receivers aren't getting spacing. They're not catching balls when it's hitting them in the hands. Our defense has looked good. Our kickers look good. Barry Morton's going to need to be a lot better next week. And our offensive line, for the love of God, has got to figure something out. But that's going to do it for this one. If y'all will, before y'all go, give this a five-star rating. Uh and subscribe go ahead and send a screenshot of that to jacksonmoody37 at gmail.com and we'll get y'all a free koozie in the mail and uh well that's gonna do it for this one <laughs>